Welcome to another episode of The Senior Soup. My name is Raquel Meisset. I am the owner of Amada Senior Care, and I'm here with my co-host Ryan Miner, who works with Anoble Care. The soup of the day is all about strategic planning and education of seniors to prevent victimization. The spotlight is on our very special guest, Montgomery County State's Attorney, John McCarthy. Good morning, John. Good, good morning, Raquel. It's great to be with you. We are so honored to have you on today, and our platform involves senior advocacy and helping seniors stay safe so that they can continue to thrive wherever home may be. We know that you share the same goals with serving Montgomery County senior populations. Can we start it off with just walking us through how your office is an advocate for seniors and what are some things you guys are doing out there? I'll begin by just indicating that I have a personal longstanding relationship with a number of continuing education programs in the county. OASIS is anchored at uh, Montgomery Mall. Uh, that serves the senior community, and also Osher, which had an association with Johns Hopkins, which is now offering its live classes at the Black Rack Center in Germantown. I personally believe in education, and I believe that education can prevent victimization. I think that is particularly true in the senior community. I was well aware of when I started a, an individual spe- specified and specially trained unit to prosecute crimes that are committed against seniors that this is and remains the fastest growing segment of the community in Montgomery County. We're going to have about 230,000 seniors living in Montgomery County by the year 2030. Mm. Wow. Say that again. How many? We're going to have 230,000 individuals over the age of 65 living in Montgomery County by 2030. It is the fastest growing segment of the population in this community. Reflective of of national trends too, 17,000 Americans turn 65 every single day and will for the next 20 years. Mr. State's Attorney, glad you're here because our job as people who work in the senior health care industry and the senior care industry is to advocate for their best interest and your team of prosecutors are always looking out for the best interest of our aging adult population. What you guys here at the state's attorney's office do so well is at times recognize or intercept scammers before they even get in front of vulnerable seniors at Leisure World, at Ryder Wood, at places like Ingleside. And my grandmother was called on the phone by someone that she thought she recognized their voice. She's 80 years old, and they stole money from her. It made me furious, John. And Washington County prosecutors went after this whole network. How do you guys do it down here? The main way we do it is, I say twofold. My goal is initially to prevent victimization. It's much easier from my standpoint to educate at the front end rather than to try to solve problem for a victim at the back end. And I do personally do these things dozens of times a year. I have probably, during the time that I've been state's attorney, made 300 unique and separate presentations to members of the senior community, many of them through OSHA or Oasis. But I've been in Angleside. I've been at Leisure World. I've been in Asbury. I've been Riderwood. I've been at Holiday City. I've been everywhere. And what we try to do is we do look at trends. Some trends are... Uh, seasonal IRS scams that may occur as Mm. we get closer to tax time. Uh, Sometimes you have traveler scams when people are coming in, maybe in the spring when people are doing gardening and cleaning around their house and people are scamming them to repair their roofs or cut down trees that don't need to be cut down for thousands of dollars. What we try to do is educate people first on the things to look out for. 
Sometimes the scammers are actually in the homes of the seniors. If it's a financial scam, about 90% of the time, the person who is uh, scamming you or taking your money is probably related to you <sighs> in about 90% of the cases. Wow. In other instances, we invite people in by picking up the phone. We invite people in by being subject to phishing scams on the internet. We try to train people how to spot phishing scams on the internet. We teach them about how they use rogue emails that look like it's Capital One Bank, but maybe they add an S or a symbol to it. And we tell them, don't open the email. Contact the bank directly. We talk to them about a variety of things they can do to protect themselves against the most common scams in the community. If they are victims, we have specialized prosecutors. I have specialized trained prosecutors that do financial crimes, and then we have others that do physical abuse, neglect, and sexual crimes against seniors. Different skills. All tough subjects, obviously, and knowing that this resource is in place and understanding from an advocacy standpoint how to stop it, how to prevent it. But if it does happen, we know your office has their backs. You guys are really getting out there. The way we make ourselves a safer community is through public education. The senior generation is among our greatest generations that we've had in the history of this country. And they are trusting, loving people. And I think as a result, scammers know that. And they're trusting that they can manipulate you online, get you to be polite. We're teaching such basic skills as why are you answering the phone if you don't recognize the phone number? Don't answer the phone so they don't have access to you. If it's somebody that loves you, they're going to send you a text. They're going to send you a message. They'll get back in touch with you. Don't answer a phone number you don't know because the do not call lines and things like that. They don't <laughs> that doesn't work. always they don't work. work. They don't work at all. Raquel doesn't answer my text messages sometimes. Only when it's late and I'm a little grumpy or... <laughs> So I'm, <laughs> after a long day, I'm curious, how do you guys become aware of the latest scams? Because I imagine that there are common ones, but then there are new innovative scams. Sometimes it's because we've actually had reports made to us and we begin to see patterns. Sometimes it's because we go out into the community and maybe a group at Leisure World will approach me and they'll tell me something that's happening to large numbers of people at, at an individual community level, using Leisure World as an example. I would also say that not every problem where someone is targeted as a senior can be solved criminally. We have a tremendously close relationship with the Consumer Protection Agency that is headed by Eric Friedman. And we work in concert with one another because there are multiple ways for us to attack issues that threaten our seniors, whether it's through the Consumer Protection Agency, whether it's uh, through prosecution here. And we also work with licensing agencies. If it's uh, home health care nurses and things like that, these are marvelous people that help a lot of people. But to make sure that the people that you're inviting into your home mm -hmm. through one of these agencies has been checked out and criminally verified as being safe. You could speak on that because yeah. you go through that process daily. We vet our caregivers. We go above and beyond what the state requires. We don't just do a state background check. We do a federal background check. We reference them. It can be more expensive to hire a caregiver through an agency, but that's why you do it, to help prevent being in crisis mode in situations where you could get yourself caught in a bad spot. I think it's wonderful that you do do background checks and criminal background checks because I know from the experiences that we've had here, not all agencies do that. When you hire through an agency, I think there is an assumption in the general public that agencies do criminal history background checks mm -hmm. on their employees. You do that. Not everyone does. That's one of our cautionary tales. If you're going to bring somebody into your home, ask the agency that you're hiring the individual through. How comprehensive are your background checks? I think that's vitally important. Not just a state, but also a federal background check because they could have lived in other states. It happens, you guys. We've, I've seen it. And also, we help them train to keep a lookout for potential scams. 
exams for when they are with our seniors. So that's really important too. Question for both of you, you see it from the business side to keep seniors safe and you're interfacing directly with them. And then John, of course, from a governmental public safety perspective, what should families ask for when they have someone coming into their home? Raquel, what do you look for in a background to say this might not be an ideal candidate to serve our clients? I can tell you, even before the background check goes through, I have a very frank conversation and say, hey, is there anything that you think I'll find on the background check? Because if I do, it's okay. We all make mistakes. We'll talk about it. Unfortunately, there's theft, if there's violence, any red flags, we cannot move forward. We want to provide a service of a certain quality and protection, to be quite honest. Some agencies may not be as thorough as a modest senior care. And it's really important that when we have someone in our home, that we trust them and that we know that they're there to also serve seniors' best interest. I have some internal investigators here that follow white-collar crime cases against seniors. Dan Wartman, who works for me, was former chief of police down in Tacoma Park, said to me, would you please add this to your presentation. Make sure people are warned on the importance of checking out the people they're inviting into their homes. Is there any pending county legislation or legislation at the Montgomery County level or even the state level that seniors should know about that impacts them? I don't know what's on the agenda for the next legislative session. Mm -hmm. I I, I am a member of the uh, legislative committee for the the State's Attorneys Association for Maryland. Cannabis. (laughs) I I can tell you a lot about marijuana. That is dominating the conversation. Seniors have a lot of questions, John. (laughs) I think we are on the cusp of uh, voters in the state of Maryland having an opportunity as to whether or not they're in favor of uh, legalization of personal amounts of marijuana. If the polls are accurate. Uh, We are going to legalize in November. And then the key is going to be how we're going to distribute those licenses because there's a lot of uh, conversation in Annapolis about doing that along equitable lines. I actually think this is good legislation, believe it or not. And I think it's good legislation for two reasons. One, the last 14 drug-related homicides in Montgomery County have been over marijuana. I also think that there is a lot of demand for handguns in the distribution of drugs. I think we can reduce the demand for handguns, ghost guns in particular, and reduce homicides. But the state can't get greedy. They can't overtax it to the extent that it's so expensive in the state stores, the black market remains. If they do that, they're going to be destroying one of the great things that we could be achieving with this legalization effort. I think we covered a lot today. I'm excited to share this with our senior network. People need to know that public safety is on their side, that public servants like John, who every day wakes up and thinks about how do I protect this community, that he has their backs. John, I'm glad you came on. Thanks for doing this on it's a nice fall morning. Well, it's an honor to be with you. And look, I think we're always looking for people to be partners with us in protecting the senior community. And my favorite number is zero. If I did not have a senior that came to me who was a victim of a financial fraud or a victim of some form of abuse or neglect, I would be a very successful prosecutor. If I could just say one other warning to the senior community, only 4% of cases related to crimes against seniors are reported by the seniors themselves. 96% of the cases we get, it's a third-party reporter. So one of the challenges to people in the community, whether you're a member of the senior community or not, we got to look out for each other. We've got to be communal about this. If you're in the senior community, look out for each other. If you are watching over a senior, make sure that more than one person is looking at the books. Well, make sure that when it comes to your finances, more than one person is seeing the financial records and your accounts. When one person alone is in control, 
it is ripe for abuse and fraud. That's great advice, John. Thank you so much. I think he was spot on and that we're all in this together. It's not just on our seniors. On that note, I think that's a wrap, right, Ryan? I think that's a wrap. We're going to catch up again on some other topics, and I hope you come back. I would love to come back, and I I wish you well. I think this is a very important community message uh, to protect our seniors. Thank Thank you so much. Thanks so much. You can listen and subscribe to the Senior Soup podcast by visiting theseniorsoup.com. And you'll find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, YouTube, and most other major podcast platforms. Raquel and I will catch you on the next episode of The Senior Soup. Until next time, keep caffeinated and love one another.